Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 115. Can't believe it's been 115 shows. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. It's been uh, probably about three weeks now. Yeah, it's, since been, it's been a little minute. Yes. Uh, it has been a bit of downtime in the AFL So uh, since the, uh, the trade... Week. So we've got the next Wednesday night, we've got the AFL draft. Yep. Uh, so huge, that- huge this year. It's been huge for like the last three or four years, but the the importance of those three picks, oh, getting them right is massive. It's a real critical time for the club. Yeah. Uh, and look, at, to kind of celebrate that, we've uh, got a special guest, which is the NGA Academy um Josh Eyre, the uh, Essendon's NGA Academy player. Now, hang, hang on a sec, Scotty. You, you just jumped into that like it's we, oh, we just grabbed Josh Eyre out of nowhere. <laughs> you have gone ballistic in the last sort of week or so and managed to grab not just Josh Eyre, Essendon's draft, uh, NGA draft, but the potentially Essendon, Essendon footballer, draft pick, NGA prospect. Don't know how many interviews the kid's done just on uh, on Dinky Little Podcasts, but he's coming on. Any. Any, right? So you've managed to score Essendon's, one of our top um, NGA prospects in Josh Eyre. And for everybody out there, we've got the VFL president in Paul Cousins to come in and talk to us as well. So, mate, don't, don't just skip past the fact that we've got a humongous two-for-one yeah. show tonight. It's a, it is a, I must admit, it is a huge show. And it's a big one. So well done by you. So I've been a, done a bit of networking behind the scenes. Bit uh, of networking. Uh, and I've yeah, I was so happy when I got the uh, the yes. So I'm really excited to talk to Josh. He's going to come up straight after the break. Uh, so it's just uh, it's a great get for us. We're we're just so thrilled. <laughs> uh, 198 centimeters tall, 85 kilos. Uh, he's born in October 2002. For everyone who feels oh, really man, old. That's- He's born in 2000. Not only is he born in 2000, <laughs> he's born in 2002. Damn, man. So, uh, I yeah. I feel old as. So, look, it's really exciting. He's a, a left-footing, a left-footed gun. Um, so, we're going to call him a gun because he's going to be... Oh, just, no, no pressure on the kid. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no pressure, mate. <laughs> so, We've, uh, we kind of need a forward or two, but no pressure, mate. No, no pressure. pressure. So, and for those who don't know, last year uh, he actually played alongside Harrison Jones, so for Calder. So, a uh, bit of a bit of an interesting future forward line set up there. Uh, there uh, you go. There could be. There's a there's a decent full forward and a centre half forward between those boys. I bet you. Yeah. So look, uh, and as you said, Paul Cousins will also join the show. We we thought it'd be good just to get a bit of a VFL update, see what's happening on that side of the front. Because it's it's all changed, hasn't it? Like literally, they'll be playing the in New, they'll be playing changed, yeah. in New South Wales. They'll be playing in. Uh, yeah, it's a 20, Queensland twenty-team competition. I'll, I'll let Paul explain it a bit more. Yeah, but yeah. It's it's. Uh, Is it just me, or am I getting this one hundred and ten percent wrong? Is the the VFL? It's like okay, the VFL had to go the same way the um, the AFL did. Then they cancelled the season because of COVID. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it seems to me, and I'll be fascinated to ask Paul. It seems like the VFL have come back and got bigger. Like okay, that it's not the mm. same Victorian Football League with, um, with Williamstown playing Sandy. Now we've got—is it just me or is it like those guys now playing teams in the um, in the Neefel and the places like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, if I had a gut feel, um, it, it feels like due to COVID, um, they always had. I mean, the reason the VFL was just just a non uh, item this year because they couldn't separate the senior listed players to the VFL listed players and like 
because the Essendon couldn't protect as much the VFL guys. Like it's it's like you couldn't. Uh, they needed. They could obviously have a hub with the senior list of mm. players. But it was a massive risk, you know, when COVID was. Okay, a bit more yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they'd need to do exactly the same. Because they the need VFL to train. Boys. They'd need to train with an Aaron Heppel and oh. that sort of stuff. And you and you don't know if he's gone to the pub on the weekend or you don't know what. You yeah, know. makes sense. So I wonder if that's. I, I don't really don't know. I wonder if that's still in play, and they just because from 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 what I know, there's no VFL list of players. It's just an actual seniors competition, and there might be scenarios where other seniors play with other clubs. You know. Wow. So. Uh, and, but I'll let, you know. Yeah, Paul's going to be perfect to explain that a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I'll let Paul explain that a bit more. So it'll be interesting. And look, uh, the, just uh, obviously we've had board elections. I'm not going to speak too much on the board elections. Um, uh, but obviously voting closes Friday. Mm-hmm. If you're a member, hopefully you got the email. Uh, we'll see what happens after that. Uh, I, I promised myself I never did kind of promote or, or or endorse anyone anymore so i've been quite quiet uh you placed your vote however yeah yeah place my vote i think everybody should if you're a member of the club this is this is one of the uh one of the benefits of being a member you get your you get your membership card and you see yeah, your scarf and stuff yeah but this is where the club is genuinely seeking your input and it's it's one of the the few sports in the world where this is actually able to be done as democratically and as simply and simply as we're currently doing now, you get an email, you can pick, you can do exactly yeah. as you wish and send it in. So I, I absolutely have voted. You're right. It's very much just uh, who gets the most votes wins. But and that's the thing is that the club again. I think that's a an old from way back in the VFL days is that the the clubs are run on behalf of the members. Yeah. Right. So our members get a say. You get a say as to who's actually going to administer the club. Um, and I think it's excellent. I think it's it's a hark back to the old times, and I think they need to to well, they don't need to. It's it's encouraging that they still have these kind of democratic elections. Yep. And look, the other news, uh, I was kind of umming and ahhing whether to bring this up, but I've got to because it was big news, and it was the I'll, look. I've, as a fan, I'll just say the frustrating case of of the players. Um, not having a, a happy moment with the <laughs> with a, an email that went out, Scotty. It's a monumental stuff up, <laughs> is what it was. <laughs> yes. Right? It was a monumental stuff up from the club. It, 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 yeah, it's I I can't conceive of it. We're both business guys. We're in high corporate. I can't conceive. <clears throat> I'd love to know their version of events, but it, it does genuinely sound like they made a call, sent out the email, just thinking it would fly by, and <laughs> the players then went to the players. Uh, association just went. What the hell is this letter? Um, and and yeah, I don't think it's 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 been a for a, a club that's trying to change, I guess, uh, an off season image uh, with players leaving and a few kind of. Oh, it wasn't as major as everyone thought it was, but just a few unsettling kind of comments, um, whether it's around SAD or anything like that, uh, and culture. It wasn't a good look to <laughs> to to do. So this is this is one of those ones where, uh, like, you've got uh, Brasher that's come in, who's wildly professional, has been directors of PwC and worked internationally. He's a wildly professional businessman who understands how to run a, a business. Right? You got Xavier Campbell, who, despite with the conversations that I've had with a few people on Facebook page, um, <laughs> he's he's an exceptional club administer administrator, right? Like he, the the hangar seventy thousand plus members um, and all of the things that he's done for the club, that's great. And again, especially with all of the discussions recently been around culture 
uh, at the Essendon Footy Club and how it's got to change, um, and Inclu- how we and inclusive and everything and inclusivity like that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you might want to talk to the players putting first. our best yeah. admin foot forward. That is the literal definition of a rookie mistake, right? Like it's it's business one hundred and one, man. If you've got that many stakeholders in the thing you're trying to achieve and it's going to directly affect the decision you make is going to directly affect those stakeholders. Oh man, the, the the basic simple principle is that you talk to those people and you tell them about what you're planning to do and get their feedback, right? Because if he had spoken to a single one of those players or if he just had grabbed um, Dyson and yeah. said, or if he had gone to the players association and said it um, and the players association had got rid of all their uh, had got um, hold of all of their players that would not have flown for a split second for him for the club to send out an email like that without checking is just rookie rookie bad but (laughs) again they've fixed it yeah i mean uh, it's a hard one isn't it because there's uh, like uh, you're right in saying xavier is an interesting uh person because he, he clearly, to me, has strengths and weaknesses, and that, and it's and it's people might say that's an uneducated guess because it's from afar. But I've always felt like his football decisions, whether it's been footy operations heads and all that, that uh, or or even you know, I'm I'm one of the person who criticised the worst fall extension in 2018. Yep. Those kind of decisions haven't helped us at all on on a non field. Mm-hmm. You know, hasn't progressed the club. Uh, if you want to talk commercial sponsors, that kind of stuff, keeping the club afloat through real hard times, he's very good at it. Like he, he, he I just don't. I'm not one of those ones that goes from naught to a hundred. Like now he's gone. You know, it's no, he's, he's completely fo- useless. That's not the case because that's he's it, an administrator. He, the, the, yeah, he's that's just simply not the case. There are things that have gone very well, and this, and that's under his leadership. Uh, but uh, as a as a whole. Uh, there are there's still concerns for me, and, that, and that's me being honest as a fan. There's still, uh, there's, I mean, as much as six, seven, and eight is 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 really critical to get right. This footy operations role is actually very critical to get mm. right. Who places Dan Richardson? Absolutely. And and we but don't have a history why, of of getting those right. Sure, but that's why I think when Brasher came in and he's um, one of the the parts of the review was that look, we've had um, Xavier on the show. I'm a massive fan of Xavier. I'm not going to sort of sugarcoat this next statement though, is that it's, I think it's, I think it would be very clear that Xavier needs to spend more time putting together massive sponsorship deals with Under Armour and uh, paying off the hangar and administering the club from a CEO point of view and have less to do with the football operations department. Right. So I think if that's, that might've been the case last year that he may be slightly more involved in the footy operations department than a CEO needs to be. Um, but when Brash has walked in the door, he's clearly, I think, identified that football op- the football operations department was not being run correctly. So yeah. what I think you'll find is obviously that Dan Richardson, who one minute came over and was an incredible signing and he was awesome and we were very glad to have him, the next minute, boom, gone. Now, he's gone and that's fine, but what I think you'll also find is that the appointment of Madden, Wellman and Sheedy um, as the football directors will be the sort of 
any administration or management that's required of the football operations department won't go through the CEO. I bet you it'll go through the uh, the, the football directors in Wellman, uh, Sheedy and and Madden. So I think moving forward, I think Brasher understands that um, and Xavier will be doing the thing he's very, very, very capable of doing and that is administering a club. So you don't get offered Gil McLaughlin's job um, if you can't administer a football club. So not sackable, um, dumb <laughs> from Xavier, real dumb, uh, but not sackable in my opinion. Yeah, it's it, it, look, there's so many debates. There's obviously people who want him gone and there's people who, who really like him. Uh, so it's a it, – yeah, I know we I'm now I kind of feel like I'm sitting on the fence, but hopefully you can hear what I'm saying. I, I do generally think he may he he's kept a lot of things really well. Um agree. But uh, the on-field stuff is what I really wanted Essendon to concentrate on this year. Uh and, and Brash has sort of kickstarted that mm. off. And I think Jaron Syracuse was a really good signing. Yep. <laughs> ironically from Dan Richardson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh Rutten still got a, you know, I think still got a Get, sort of talk more and and, and I, I'm not quite sure I've totally got where he's at yet um, but I think I think if he if he wins games <laughs> I'm not and that's the thing I don't know that he's going to be a Wusha polished media performer because right? that's probably the reason why Wusha got extended right because Wusha did handle the cameras he handled the reporters with by a, not saying anything though <laughs> yeah well yeah, well so let me rephrase that yeah no you're right actually yeah, the, for the years it wasn't for a fan it was just no it was just for to bat them away so that, that nothing yeah. stuck um maybe maybe truck and from his few few interviews and stuff that um uh, that I've seen him so far a polished media performer don't think so just yet right now mm. he's 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 learning on the job. He's, he's only been doing it for a small period of time where he's got to be in front of the um, camera. So let, let's give the, the guy a bit of a, yeah. a break there. But um, I'm more worried about his performances on the field. Right? If, the, if the boys are behind him and the boys believe in his game plan, don't care if he walks out and, and is mute in uh, in <laughs> in press conferences. But he'll learn how to get better at that. And, um, yeah, the, the, the performance on the field is all about that for me. Yeah, so look, uh, Josh is actually just about to call in. So let's go to a break first and we'll bring Josh in on, on the line and we'll talk positive things, yes. exciting things, and this is going to be awesome. 198 centimetres, 85 kilos, left foot gun. <laughs> And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. On the line, we have our very special guest, Josh Eyre. How are you going, Josh? Good, thanks. How are you? Very, very good. Look, uh, we're so wrapped to uh, be able to speak to you. Uh, I, I haven't heard any sort of uh, kind of audio interviews with yourself as yet. So um, for our for our listeners, this is a, a real treat. So uh, I just wanted to sort of first say thanks for your time and uh and look, uh, I'll start off with uh, yesterday. You you obviously trained with the group. I think you had uh, maybe even training with uh, Katie Brand as well. So, how how did that go? Because uh, I did hear good reports. Yeah, no, it went well. Um, yeah, I love love seeing all those boys again, and um, it's been a, little, a long time since I've uh, done a done a solid training session um, with a group of uh, very talented footballers. So, yeah, no, I loved it. Awesome. So, uh, just 
it'd be good to sort of go back with your journey so far. So uh, tell me if I get something wrong, uh, but last year you kind of around mid-season, around round nine or ten, you were able to get into the, the colder side. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yep, correct. I think round nine it was against the Knights. So how did how did how did you kind of did you feel like you've uh, sort of fared then um, for the I guess the remaining of the year because you, you did have a, a fairly good performance in the uh, elimination final with Dan Nong. I think you kicked a couple of goals. Um, I saw I actually watched a, a bit of the highlights, um, being a bit of a, a footy nerd myself, uh, and, and like you actually kicked a, a ripper from fifty and then a, a nice little sidestep from from about thirty five yards out. So um, you certainly got a nice left boot on you, mate. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I think that half-time one against Danny Nong, um, that was pretty good. But I think, yeah, not my teammate um, Snowy did him a bit dirty on the other one. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, he'll get over yeah, it. Man. He'll get over it. That's yeah. goals a goal, mate. He'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, he had a bit of a day as well. So yeah, um, yeah, no, I loved it. Great. What What would you say if 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 we obviously it's funny with with yourself, mate, because it, it feels like you've missed quite a bit of footy. And correct me if I'm wrong, but even obviously with this year with COVID, right? Um, there's a it's kind of like this intrigue and unknown about you. Can you can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What you feel like your strengths are and, and what you could bring to an AFL team? Yeah, so um, I think I'm very uh, very hardworking, um, very determined, and I think I'm very coachable. Um, I love learning off my coaches. Um, it's only done me good so far. But, uh, yeah, I'd say I'm very, yeah, like, tall, athletic, um, pretty versatile. I feel like I can play pretty much anywhere on the field. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty, uh, I think, yeah, pretty skillful as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now, you're only a young fella, right? Um, Scotty mentioned that you were born in 2002, which just damn makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> Josh, it really does. Um, so if, as you, as you're coming through footy, like you've, you've been playing for a few years now, well, who would you liken yourself to? Who, who do you look up to as a, as a football player? Now, look, if we look at you now, 190 odd centimeters, 98, 98 80 odd kilos, you, you're looking around that key position, um, kind of role. Who do you look up to in the AFL in the past or current players? Um, I think I sort of model myself on a few different players. I think, uh, I have attributes of the likes of Joe Danaher and, uh, say, Tom Lynch. I also think I play a little bit like Buddy. Um, I think I just... <laughs> just mentioned mate, a few I, names there, mate. I like it, mate, Josh. <laughs> you, you could have just yeah, said, oh, yeah, yeah no, no, I, I'm not too bad. Yeah, no, I'm great. But you've gone straight no. for Buddy and <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, yeah, I don't want to... No, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I'm Buddy, but I think that's the no, type of player that I to be like. Um, obviously, yeah. everyone knows I'm not like Buddy, but... Um, <laughs> They, they will soon, mate. Trust yes. that. They will soon. You put that red sash on, mate. Start bombing <laughs> Start bombing left footers from outside fitty, and I'll be calling you Josh, buddy, mate. Uh, no, yeah, no, I think, um, obviously, they're stars of the game. Yeah, I think, I'd, yeah, I can hopefully one day um, be like one of those players. Yeah, look, uh, I noticed uh, you did a combine uh, probably, probably three or four weeks ago. Um, and you know, you came second in like the, the 20 meter sprints, uh, might've been even the endurance and, and jumping as well. Uh, and 
it kind of it propelled your name a bit more. Uh, it, is your athletic, I guess your athletic side, uh, is, is that from any family history or anything like that? Uh, not. My dad was a very good runner, um, really good at cross-country running, but it hasn't really been known as anyone in my family to have uh, good speed or um, a vertical leap. So, yeah, I, I actually surprised myself with those results, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I think it was a good reward for effort because throughout like the COVID period um, and coming into pre-season last year, my main goal was to sort of build up my um, my legs and my explosiveness and power. Um, yep. So I think that was a really good reward for effort. Um, yeah. Is that is that what the work that you said you were trying to put in there? Is that feedback from? I don't know, say someone like Essendon, or is it feedback that you got from the draft combine or to some to say, yeah, great, sprints are looking good, love the left boot and stuff, but try and work on X or try and work on Y, or is that just something you, you took off your own back because you wanted to improve? I think it was a combination of a few people. I think at the end of my colder season, I had a meeting with Tom Lonigan and Ross Smith, um, the talent manager and coach last year, and sort of spoke about what I need to improve on. Um, and yeah, that was one of my big ones and also like other things like consistency and stuff. But I think uh, I'm actually yeah, very excited um, to play a game and put all that work um, into a game because I think it would be a massive game changer. I, I didn't have that speed or power last year. Um, so, yeah, I think yeah, a combination of my coaches and um, my dad as well. Yep. And, and am I right in saying that your your mum has an indig- indigenous background as well? Yeah, yes, correct. Oh. Uh, I think not a, not a lot, but uh, yeah, it's there. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Now, mate, um, the listeners will probably know because they've seen you um, a lot on the media that, that you're Essendon's, one of Essendon's NGA draft um, prospects, which means that um, the club, I assume, has been talking to you about potentially drafting you in the uh, upcoming draft period. Now, the people, the listeners to this podcast and the guys that uh, are on the Facebook page will know that I rate Adrian Dodoro as the gun of all gun recruiters <laughs> in the AFL. Um, he's a he's a weird unit. He's a <laughs> he's an obstinate unit. He just he does not. He, if you if he wants something, he goes and gets it. The man performs yeah. miracles, is what I'm basically saying. Yeah. How, <laughs> has he been in touch with you much over sort of this down period in the AFL? And like, has he has he been talking to you about what might happen in the draft and how it might happen? Uh no, no I haven't been told uh, much at all. I had a, I spoke to him. I had a week at Essendon. I was lucky enough in December last year and yeah. sat down with him. Um, with Cody Brandon, had a chat to him, but I haven't really, I haven't really been told much by Essendon, um, to be honest. But okay. uh, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, can I? It'll be interesting to see what uh, your thoughts on two players that you would know. So um, it's funny because we obviously recruited Harrison Jones. Uh, at the end of last year, but because of COVID, right, we only saw basically a couple of preseason games. Uh, from the guy, and, and then he had a bit of an injury. Can you tell us a little, a little bit about Harrison Jones? Like, uh, you know, how, how do you see him as a, as a player? Uh, I think he's uh, an absolute running machine. He just doesn't stop running and working hard all day. I think um, he loves to push up the ground and 
uh, do those one percenters. Like he lays, I think he had a game last year. He laid like eight tackles, which is just nuts for a player of his size. But um, yeah, super athletic, quick, um, and yeah, he just runs all day. And 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 the other one is uh, is obviously Cody Brand, who you've been with the academy with. Now I did find, you know, I did actually get a text from a a, a draft expert just saying, um, I'm just watching uh, yourself, Josh. Uh, towel up Cody Brand a few times on one-on-one contests. So you've got a bit of bragging rights, if that's the case. But um, uh, ha- ha- can you tell us a little bit about Cody Brand as well, of what you know of him? Yeah, he's um, super competitive, but he's uh, like your, your lockdown defender. He just doesn't get beaten. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he'll either take a mark on you, but most of the time he'll just bring it to ground. Um, and yeah, I think uh, he's also got the ability to come off the half-back and I think he's got a pretty good shoe. So, uh, yeah, no, Cody's a very good player. All right, mate. So here's a bit of a hypothetical for you. Um, yeah. The Dons take you in the draft. Now, with all of the text messages that we've been, we've been sending to Adrian DeToro, yeah. <laughs> draft this kid. Seriously, draft this kid. Um, so oh, he, he, <laughs> no, he's, he's, um, here's the scenario for you. And and be honest. Be sort of, I want to be like Buddy Honest because we love that. Um <laughs> How does what does the perfect first game look like for Josh Air? Right, you you get drafted. Um, truck walks up to you and says, "Mate, you're a gun. Um, we're <laughs> gonna we're, we're gonna put you on the field for the bounce game one, 2021. Josh Air's in the side, named mum and dad are in the stands, the whole nine yards. Where does Josh yeah. Air if he ha- if he got his way, where would he play, and how would the perfect game go for for you? Be honest. Um, that's an interesting one. I think I think I'd be either full forward or uh, centre half forward. Okay. And yeah, I guess the perfect game would be to kick like a fair few goals and take was, a few big marks. But so I had I had a thought about it last night, right? I I figure for a for a young kid, mate, and what what are you, eighteen or nineteen or something? 18. 18, yeah, yeah, man. Like, so I figure for a young kid, what you want to do, right, is, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but full forward, love it. Take that responsibility, running out of the square. Um, We get Dylan Shield, who is just a Ferrari of a footballer. Um, He turns, gets it, Draper gives him a good tap, um, (laughs) turns on his left boot, puts on the afterburners, leaves everybody in their dust, pops his head up, right? Um, Harrison Jones is probably playing at centre half forward. Um, it's gone over his head. It's gone. It's just he's run too far, and Harrison Jones is just ah oh, man. I'm I'm out of position. Ah oh, damn. So he starts to circle back like a madman, but then Dylan pops his head up and sees this sk- the skinny kid running out of full forward towards a forward pocket, and Dylan hits you, lace out mark number one in the AFL, thirty five meters out. Um, Wow, 45 degree angle. You take the mark. Um, you took that mark on the best defender in the comp, by the way. And <laughs> you you take your time. You take a few deep breaths. Do you take? Do you do you go back and kick it quickly, or do you really take a good moment? Maybe have a look at yourself on the <laughs> on the on the big screen. Just give yourself a quick nod. Yeah, damn right. And then just go in and nail it. That's that's what I see for you, mate. I, I really, I genuinely hope to see that because it's it's got to give you a heap of confidence to be able to do that. But no, it's 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 fascinating, man. Because 
People like um, big fat old people like me and Scott, um, we <laughs> never got. For <laughs> we, ne- we never got to do what you're potentially going to have the ability to do, mate. And I'd, I, I wanted to a get your your feedback as to, as to what would be perfect for Josh. But I wanted to sort of pass on some feedback to to really if you get if you get drafted, especially if you get drafted by the Bombers, mate. It, it's it's going to be an incredible ride. And um, from from Bombers supporters like us, when we see you running around in the highlight packages that we've seen, it's real encouraging, um, Josh. So well done, mate. I wanted to say well done on putting yourself in a position and doing the work, like you just said, doing the work to have um, the Essendon Footy Club seriously interested in you. So well done, mate. Yeah, thank you. That's um, <laughs> very nice. Thank you. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> I, I was trust me, Josh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> That conversation to take place as well. Sorry, mate, I got a bit carried away. I, I, I get carried away with big, tall forwards taking marks, especially left-footed ones. They, they, they can just kick. Left foot, left foot forwards can just kick, right? And oh man, I can just see you running out, thirty-five, forty-five out. Go back, just drill it. Boys getting around you. Oh, it does a, it does a boy's heart good. Trust me, Josh. Sorry, over to you, Scotty. So. uh how, so how are you feeling, well, not after, especially after that conversation, but how are you feeling, uh, I guess, now uh, coming up to Wednesday? Uh, you know, you did I, am I right that you met with Hawthorne Tuesday? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yes, correct. So, yep. uh, Josh, Josh, <laughs> no, okay? <laughs> Just no, mate, no. <laughs> right? It, so you can, now you can tell it's an Essendon fan podcast. Um <laughs> Uh, so look, uh, how how are you feeling anyway? Do you do you, do you simply have no inkling of what's going to happen, or, or you know how how are you feeling as of uh, I guess of as of six days out? Uh yeah, I guess yeah, a bit of a combination of being like nervous and just excited. Just um, it's a great time in my life, even if it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. with everything else that's going on, but um. Yeah, my dream is just to get to an AFL club. It's been my dream since I was um, in Auskick. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, it's just, I guess, yeah, hopefully Essendon, but um, anywhere would be unreal. Now, your your brother also, what what age is he now? He's 15. 15, 15 yeah. So is he is he likely to go through uh, academy as well or is, there, or is there a different path? Uh, yeah, I think he's in the academy. I'm actually... Okay. I've seen stuff. I'm not actually sure what's going on with the academies anymore, but he is a part of it at the moment. Yeah, he's a part of it at the moment. What What's his traits? What How do you rate him coming through? Um, he's uh he's very he's very similar to me. He's uh just come off like he's a uh, small mid, um, extremely skillful. Um, but he's exactly like me. Uh, about yeah, fourteen. He, he's having a massive growth spurt at the moment. Um got growing pains in his knee so he's not doing a whole lot yeah at the moment um but yeah dad dad says just looking back he's going to be um pretty similar to me i think so good merit what is it draper to merit to air to air i like it (laughs) (laughs) i like it a lot he's a very visionary grant so you'll have to understand that um uh so because you actually grew quite a bit even last year what you went from 194 to 198 pretty quickly is that right yeah yeah so, nice. to, have you had to sort of battle with any sort of injuries with that kind of growth spurt? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had um, I told Osgood Splatters 
uh, in my knees and I had that really badly to the point where I didn't actually play footy for uh, two years, I think in 2016 and 2017. Um, just shot, I don't actually know how much I shot up, but it was, it was quite a bit. And um, yeah, then sort of came back to footy in uh, 2018. And um, yeah. So there's, well, so, okay. So, so you must feel like there's actually, even with COVID this year, there's quite a bit for you to catch up on <laughs> and develop uh, even in, in just because of simple loss of, of footy time. So um, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it weirdly kind of exciting though? Because um, now that you're sort of back to, to full health and, um, and you can start sort of showing people what you can do? Yeah, um, um, I think it's been over a year since I played a game of footy um, with COVID and I was injured through the preseason. So I just, whether it is in a, uh, AFL environment or even that league next year. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get back out there and start playing again um, and put my, um, the gains I've, I've made over the past year or so um, to work. It's, yeah, I'm excited. Can I, can I just ask just uh, as we wrap it up, um, how, how have you found the whole academy experience? Like uh, when, when did you start at what age and have you found – uh, I think it's Heath Hocking, right? Am I if I'm right? Yeah, that oversees that. He, he actually has been on the show himself <laughs> a couple of times. Makes a decent loaf of bread. And yeah, all. He, he actually makes <laughs> loaves of bread for Grant. Would you believe? Yeah, um, me uh, and Heath. Yeah. So, uh, but we have baked a by Heath, by the way. Baked by Heath. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, how's, how's that been? That experience. Um, it's been it's been good. It's been short though because um, I only got into the academy November last year. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Colder, at Colder, they seen that um, we signed something saying that I was Indigenous and they um, inquired about it. But, yeah, I was lucky enough to get in there. I had the week there with the club and then I did about two or three sessions with Buddha um, and then COVID happened. But um, I, in those few sessions, I could just if I could have had um, a lot more time with um, Heath, it would have been amazing. It's, yeah, great program. He's a ridiculously fit human as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's. I mean, Heath. You can't go wrong with Heath. So, um, well, mate. Yeah, no. uh, look, we're really, really excited for you. Um, I kind of wanted to selfishly tell you because uh, uh, we, I think, most Essen fans are desperately hoping that um, you can come along to us, and, and no club's going to bid on you early. But I know that's very, very selfish because it's your footy career, Adrian. If, <laughs> Adrian, if you're listening, if you let this kid go, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we, I mean, cheekily, uh, I was going to tell you to, you know, just to fake a, a tennis elbow injury or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just, just, I don't know, it's just to get through to the through, through the third or fourth round, for and us. especially past Hawthorne, like oh, just not Hawthorne, not Hawthorne. And if bloody Eddie Maguire calls you, like you don't know, you, you know, no speaker to English, right? If yeah. if bloody Eddie calls you, right? So. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no. We, in all honesty, I, we realise you could go to any club. Um, we we obviously would love you to to be a Bomberland. Uh, and, and you know what? It, what's exciting for you too is is you know, in in all seriousness, Joe Danahar has left, and Fantasia has left, um, and Townsend, you know, left this at the end of this year. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's actually a spot in the ground that you know we the club was hoping to strengthen strengthen up. So. There's a real, there's a real uh, area there for need. So it's, um, it's a couple of t- potential to have a couple of tall Calder boys in our forward line at the moment, and I like it a lot. 
Yes, so we're we're excited for you, mate. Uh, look, we generally wish you all the best for next Wednesday. Um, uh, yeah, I, I do think you'll get on a, a list. No, no problem there. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, from us at the podcast, mate, we we generally wish you all the best. Uh, if it's in Essendon colours, um, we'll give you a quick call up and all celebrate together. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Yeah, no, thanks. It's been great. Great. Thank you very much for coming on the, on the podcast, mate. We'd appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much, Josh. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Great interview there with um, with Josh here. We really, really appreciate him coming on the show. Now, Scotty, we've got a sponsor. Speak. We've got, uh, yeah, Speaking Finance. Help us keep this little dinky podcast on the air. Speaking Finance are um, mortgage and finance brokers. Um, the, uh, the team down at Speaking Finance can help you with all the paperwork and your applications for any sort of mortgage or finance broking. Say you, uh, you need new assets for your business, um, or like me, you're going to be getting in touch with them very soon because I need myself a new car. Mine's about to drop dead. Um, give uh, the guys and girls down at uh, Speaking Finance a call. The best way you can get hold of them is via the Facebook page. Um, they get back to that pretty quickly. Um, but you can also get them at speakingfinance.com.au. Um, they are, we're very happy to have those guys as sponsors on the show. So um, give the um, Steve and the team down there a, uh, a call. They'll absolutely be able to help you. No, no, we we always uh, we truly uh, uh, love the support we get from Speaking Finance, and Steve is a, a really good bloke and a really great team they got down there. They're they're all open, ready to go for your for your either your emails on Facebook or, or you can contact them through the the speakingfinance.com.au. Yep, absolutely. Uh, website. So look, uh, on onwards and upwards, uh, we now want to move over to the VFL land. So the, the second guest of the night. So there's been a lot of changes, and we thought. We'll bring on our VFL president guru, that is Paul Cousins. How are you going, Paul? Good, boys. How are you? Very, very good. Uh, look, uh, I must admit, uh, you'll have to explain to me a little bit what's all happened. Uh, uh, all I heard was like 20-man, 20 20-team 20 competition, senior players all over Australia. Can you, can, you, can you elaborate a bit more than my knowledge? <laughs> no, no, that's about it. yeah yeah i can so uh basically what's happened is uh the vfl and uh a sort of large section of the nephil uh have merged so or or more i think more correctly the sort of nephil teams have joined the the vfl competition uh which you know we won't be calling the vfl soon i'm sure i think the working title at the moment is the VFL slash East Coast competition. Um, okay. but, but basically, um, it, it's sort of a, a comp that covers most of the eastern um, part of Australia. And, um, you know, joining the, the, the existing VFL um, teams along with a couple of new standalone teams, including, uh, I think, Carlton of now sort of... Um, they're fielding their own side and, and Northern Bull Ants, who were the Northern Blues, they're fielding a side as well. So we've grown a little bit in our Victorian sort of reps. But uh, joining that, uh, um, the Sydney Swans, the um, GWS Giants, Gold Coast and Brisbane, along with um, a couple of other sides, including uh, Ashley, which 
my my extended family will be happy about because they live nice and close to that ground. I think so. Um, <laughs> they'll be looking forward to seeing a bit of uh, the AFL talent run around. Um, so it's a twenty-two team comp, I believe, which is pretty massive. Um, Do you have enough players? Do you have enough players if it's just seniors only? Uh, oh, it, it's not. So um, it's basically the way it's going to work is is the, the guys who aren't getting a game in the AFL um, will uh, combine with, um, in our case, you know, so specifically in Essendon's case. Um, some, some kids from uh, both Calder and so the Calder Cannons program and uh, Bendigo's Tac Cup. Oh, sorry, NAB League. I still say Tac Cup, but NAB League program as well. So the okay. NAB League is is going to under nineteen. Um, ah, okay. So so those so, you know a lot of those boys will be a year older, um, meaning they'll sort of uh, you know that the, the sort of body composition won't be quite so different as it as it once perhaps was with, you know, VFL compared to the TAC Cup. Um, so basically it'll be, you know, if we've got a dozen guys who, who aren't playing but are available uh, of the AFL program, they'll combine with, say, a dozen um, of these sort of kids. Uh, there is some scope to have a few sort of senior experience guys as well on the list, um, like your... I guess, you know, some previous examples for us would be Aaron Heppel, Danny Eumann, um, okay. Josh Tynan, these sort of guys. Um, there's some scope to have some guys like that, but it's a very, very tight salary cap. Um, they've, they've really reduced the spending. So basically our salary cap, um, our, our TPP for the year is, is set at a hundred grand. Um, which, uh, you know, doesn't leave a lot of space for, for sort of, Big name recruits or, or whatever, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it'll largely be. I think the, the goal is to sort of make it um, almost like an under twenty threes kind of comp, yeah. um, with with a sprinkling of older, more mature bodies, and clearly the um, some of the standalone teams. So you sort of Williamstown and Port and Frankston and these teams, uh, they'll have obviously some more mature bodies than we will. Um, because they'll they'll sort of recruit more into that middle age bracket of your sort of um, you know twenty three to twenty six probably, but again there are restrictions on um, how many guys of a certain age you can have on your list, and it's all uh, all a bit complex and all changed. But it's sort of in some ways it makes it a little bit more like a your traditional old school sort of reserves comp um, in some ways, as far as the AFL teams are concerned, anyway. How how is the the funding when you obviously got guys going on planes, left, right, and centre? If, if you're including the other states, so who's yeah. who's funding that? Uh, the AFL. Yeah. AFL. So okay. I, that was clearly um, a big concern early on. Uh, you know, like if we're being told that we've got to massively reduce costs right across our footy club, and then you're telling us we've got to spend thirty grand flying VFL players across the country then you know obviously that's going to be an issue so um it, it won't be you know the the setup won't be as elaborate as, as for afl sides when they'll stay overnight and sometimes for a couple of nights or whatever you know i think the majority of our vfl um interstate games will be sort of fly and fly out on the same day um yeah. which is fine um and they'll try and they've said that they'll try and coincide it as often as they can with travel for the AFL program as well. So 
hopefully, you know, if we're playing, if the AFL side are playing Gold Coast, for example, the VFL will hopefully also play Gold Coast um, because with the um, reduction in spend and whatever else, there's going to be a fair bit more crossover in, in staffing, I expect, between the, the AFL and the VFL program. So in the case of obviously COVID that's happened this year, uh you know, if if you do happen to bring in one or two from Calder, or you say there's an Aaron Heppel, um, is 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 it has it gone down the path yet of what that might look like the the protocols and and like that might be in place if there's one or two outside of the senior bubble? If that makes sense. No, it's a good question though. Um, no, look, I think. Um well, fortunately, at the moment, I think we're we're in a position where, um, you know, whilst I'm sure they would um, be strict on their protocols and uh, on things like social distancing and masks, not sharing water bottles and stuff, obviously, the sort of stuff that they implemented through the hub um, this year, I think, will be implemented. But, uh, you know, touch wood, if we can stay in some, some level of sort of COVID normal, um, that there'll be allowed some crossover between those sort of programs. But, uh, you know, clearly that was a big issue this year and, and probably in the end, really, the deciding factor that meant that the VFL didn't go ahead um, in 2020 was, uh, you're right, that we couldn't have that sort of mingling between um, AFL players and, and guys um, who might be working full-time and, you know, might encounter COVID at work or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was really what, what sort of sounded the death knell in the end for the for the VFL this year. Now, but I want to ask you a question. The the VFL, as we've known it previous to sort of this year, there's been a lot, well, there's been several footballers that have come through the VFL program and had the benefit of um, the Essendon VFL program. They've really gone on to play some really good footy in the senior side, in, um, in Langers and, say, Ridley specifically. Can you tell us about sort of their, more specifically, sort of the Rids and, and Langers, their journey from the VFL and uh, in through the AFL program? Yeah, those two guys um, in particular are, are a great credit to themselves, obviously, but um, also a great credit to the, to the VFL program, as you say. They've both spent quite a lot of time in the VFL over the last couple of years um, and, you know, are probably two who... Uh, for whatever reason, sort of more than some others have, have uh, struggled to hold their place at times in the AFL. You know, sometimes when, uh, again, for whatever reason, when the side's had a bad loss, it, it, it hasn't been unusual for it to be Langus, who's been the out, yeah. or, uh, um, you know, or Rids last year, who, who was the out. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, then they, to their great credit, they were able to, really come down and, and look, it can be difficult because you've got guys coming down who might have played, um, you know, in front of 90,000 at the MCG the week before and then, um, you know, you're rolling up to Craigieburn or something for a game and obviously, you know, with, with a couple hundred people there, it can be a pretty different dynamic and, and um, you know, guys can really struggle with that mentally. So it's a great credit to our program um, that that we were able to help them to, to really keep their mind on the job. And it's a great credit to them as individuals that regardless of how many times, and as you could count a few times that Langer's got dropped over the few years, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I, yeah, but, from, you know, from, sorry, mate, keep going. That's okay. I, I was just going to say, you just 
you know, I, I, I formed a really strong bond with both of those guys. And, and, you know, over that journey, you sort of, there's times pre-game where you just sort of be in the rooms with Langers or someone and just sort of looking in the eye and saying, mate, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, just, uh, just keep running up, keep doing what you're doing and, and it'll turn. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's easy to say, um, but to his great credit, he did. He, he, uh, and, and Riz as well really knuckled down and, um, their opportunities came, uh, through, through sort of various circumstances and they were able to both really grab them with both hands. And, you know, I think what well, they finished first and fourth in the BNF, I think this year, which, yeah. um, you know, for, uh, you know, Riz played VFL finals with us last year. Um, so it's, it's, it can happen quickly when, when you have guys who are, who are really strong mentally and really, um, you know, it, it, look, it's pretty easy to drop your bundle. You keep getting dropped and, um, you know, you think someone's got an employee or you think, yeah, whatever, whatever the case may be, it can be, can be really easy for guys to sort of drop their bundle and just end up coasting along a bit in the VFL and find themselves off a list, you know, um, and you've even but, got, you've even got, you know, I know it's not as much, but you, you've even got a parish at six, right, in the BNF, who's also, you know, had yeah, both, oh, had those periods as well where he's gone back. Um, he has, yeah. I remember he came down for round one of the AFL last year. He played VFL with us and I think kicked five out of the midfield um, at VFL level. And again, you know, it would have been a huge disappointment for him. Not to, I, I know it was, you know, not to have played. I've been picked for round one in the AFL, and yet what's he do? He comes down and has 30 touches and kicks five in the VFL. <laughs> um, and, and it's pretty hard to leave a bloke out who, who does that, you know. So, uh, look, it's, they're a great group. I think, you know, for all the things that probably um, went wrong uh, for, for the, the club and the team this year, um, the one thing that really went right, you would say, is that sort of 22- to 24-year-old age group who... Um, and, and you know you include Langers, Ritz, um, Darcy, uh, Drapes, um, McGrath, yeah, 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 uh, Pidge, yeah, I, you know all those guys who um, it really, uh, I think, really became leaders of the footy club in many ways. I think that they um, they went from being sort of you know at, at times the fringe bracket uh, of the list to, to all of a sudden being you know. In, Several of those guys I just mentioned are probably in the first ten pick now. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was a huge positive for uh, for the footy club this year. And and you know, I think some of that, not all of it certainly, but some of that can be traced back to to the VFL and and uh, you know the support they got down there and how they were sort of uh, allowed and helped to develop. No, and and it's, sorry, Grant, um, you're right in saying uh, I've. I must admit, I, I totally agree with you, Paul. My hope and my excitement has been that age group. Uh, I mean, even you got the Bruce Haymason Clubman Award won by Langford. Yep. You got the Ramanaskis Most Courageous Player Award won by Pidge. Um, yep. So just to get that acknowledgement, it, it it does feel like, and, and you know, I know it sounds silly because it's, it's Instagram or not, but you cannot ignore seeing just group photo after group photo <laughs> of yeah. of this group just totally wanting to be with each other and and I yeah. and I keep thinking that has got to pay some dividends sooner or later because when you really you know know each other so well it's gonna it's gonna show out in the ground because 
they're, go- they're going to support each other. Like they're going to back each other. It's those one percenters that they're going to do, the team things they're going to do for each other. And, and it's a ex- really exciting group. Uh, and you can include the Zerk Thatchers and, and and a few other guys. And, you know, hopefully Harrison Jones picks up this year. Um, yep. but, it, but even he's hanging around with those guys. It, it's, you know, you've got pick six, seven and eight to to hopefully join them. Uh, I think yep. I think the one thing that's exciting with the club is, uh, it, it you know this is personally me. It does feel like a, a two steps back, one step you know sorry sorry yeah two steps back for three steps forward. Hopefully, kind of it does yeah, feel like yeah. it, it does feel like um, if there's a genuine reason to actually say the word patience in this year, it, it may actually be logical uh, right now because now what really has is truck's got a mandate to to build a side. Um, yep. because you're going to have probably three more guys join the senior groups, possibly, I'll say possibly, with six, seven, and eight. Um, and you've got a very young group coming through. And 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 those three guys that come through, and if you add Brand and maybe a Josh Eyre to that, they're going to look up to Pidge and Langford. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, they're, they're, they're going to be their leaders. So, and I find McGrath and Langford, you know, the constant narrative around Langford is probably underappreciated how much of a, a person he is and, and leader yeah. amongst that group. Um, it's no, really- he's, a, he's a genuine, I'll just interrupt for one second. He, he's a genuine leader of the footy club, Langford. He really is. I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, that might surprise people, but having seen him up close for a number of years, he, he exhibits absolute leadership. He's, he's been a leader his entire life through school and junior footy and, um, you know, he's uh, he very much sets the tone for that group along with Pitch. Um, the, the, those two are very close friends, as you said, uh, along with probably Darcy and uh, and Frank, Aaron Francis as well. Um, mm. they're, they're a very tight-knit group, those guys, which, as you say, bodes well um, for the group going together, um, going forward together. And, uh, and they encourage those other guys who you mentioned from that similar age bracket, they really, um, you know, I think it's that, that group of three or four uh, who we mentioned who really sort of bring those other guys out with them and, uh, and, and you know, make sure that, that everyone's along for the ride. So yeah. I, I'd be very surprised if um, certainly Langford and McGraw will be leaders next year, whether that's official or not. You know, I'd be surprised if it's not, to be honest, but um uh, you know, they're, they're certainly uh, a couple of the uh, the real leaders of the, not just the young guys now, they're, they're actual leaders of the of the playing group now, those guys. Great so, to hear. So let's let, okay, let's move on to 2021. And, and I, I thought we'll kind of uh, sort of wind up the show just talking about 2021. What are your thoughts? Uh, just give me your open thoughts about what, what you hope for I'm not sure if we expect. I don't know if anyone knows what they're going to expect. But what what do you you hope to see in 2021? Uh, I mean, if I was going for the sort of for my keywords going forward, I guess I, you, you look for improvement first and foremost. I think that's the first thing. As you say, we do have now a pretty young group coming through, so you look for improvement, and and you know whether that's in the shape of wins and losses or whether it's in um, yeah, development of young players like we got this year. Um, but you look for improvement. You look for, I think you look for a consistency of effort out of the group. That's, um, that's you know, there I was times, yeah, yeah I, I think there were times in 2020 where we fell away and it was a unique 
situation are unique here. And I think the, the hub life and, and being away for so long was, I think it was always going to have the effect that the good teams flew and the poor teams fell apart a bit. And I think that is sort of what happened. I think it, the hub life sort of magnified, um, you know, what would happen in a normal season, I think. Okay, yeah. um, so, so I actually think it probably looked a little bit worse for us than maybe it was in some ways. Um, but you, you want that consistency of effort, even when you, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lose some games in 2021. I don't think that's you know uh, out of the question to yeah. state. But um, but when that happens, you want to see that consistency of effort coming through. If you get outclassed or outplayed by experienced teams or whatever, then so be it, provided the consistency of effort is there. And, uh, and the other, I guess my other touchstone that I'd go to um, along those same lines would be um, resilience. You know, you, you, you want to see resilience in the group. You want to see that uh, when a team sort of um, gets a run on against you, that, that you've got some sort of steel and you stand up and, um, you know, it's easy to, to sort of go meekly into the night, as they say, what, yeah. what you really want to see out of a, out of a young developing group, what like we'll have, um, is a, is a real resilience to, to sort of stand up against the tide. Mm. Now, I, from speaking of next year as well, the, the VFL team at Essendon and, um, how you present the players and your game plan and, um, obviously how you support the AFL team with preparing these kids coming through and the like, is there, is there considering the huge changes to the VFL comp, um, is there, have you spoken to the, the um, senior side or to track or anybody along those lines? And does that mean that the way you, what you focus on with the VFL team and the, the things that you strive for your KPIs from a VFL kind of point of view, are they going to change dramatically for next year? Oh, no, they won't. Um, and the reason for that is that our um, enti- we're a development program. Our entire goal is to um, develop young guys who are who are capable of stepping into and excelling in an AFL program. So that's what we're all about. You okay. know, we we want to win games of footy, and and I think I'm I'm a big one in believing that um, winning is a habit. You know, that, that you don't want to get into the habit of being kicked around in the VFL or whatever every week. Uh, you don't want guys to get too used to you losing, I don't think. I think, you know, winning habits are good habits. And yeah. um, so, so you still want to win when you step out there. But you know, our primary function as a program is to develop um, guys who can, who can excel in AFL footy. And it's to develop your Kyle Langford and, and your Jordan Ridley and your Sam Draper and uh, you know, these sort of guys coming through, that's what we're about. Um, the way that we go about that might change slightly this year as it, oh, sorry, next year, you know, this coming season, it feels like next year already. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the specifics of that, I'm sure, will change. And, and clearly, um, you know, we want to implement as much of, of, uh, of track sort of um, strategies and game planning as we can at that level. But, you know, obviously if we have less listed players and therefore more sort of almost top-ups from the from the 19s or whatever, then, then that makes that more difficult. Um, but, you know, I think ultimately what we want to do is, is continue to create a, a really strong culture and environment down at, at the VFL level where, 
whether you're a 18 year old kid from Calder Cannons or, or you're a um, 30 year old vet coming back from an injury, um, you, you're an Essendon player if you're playing in the VFL. You know, you're an Essendon person. You're part of the Essendon Footy Club, and that's really the attitude that that I've sort of taken with um, with the VFL since I've been involved with it. You know that these guys can you know, they can almost get sort of a bit forgotten at that second tier level, and um, you know I've always sort of made it my goal to to try and bring those those sort of disparate groups of, of you know, kids from Gisborne and, and AFL players who were on the MCG last week together uh, as in a team environment and really say, look, you know, if you're here and you're wearing this jumper, you're you're an Essendon footballer. So, um, you know, you mean as much to us as, as blokes earning 900 a year. You, you know, these are, um, you know, regardless of, of how long they've been there for or who they are or where they're from, once they're wearing our jumper or, or our uniform, they're, they're an Essendon footballer. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that we've worked really hard or I've worked, you know, myself and several others have worked really hard at BFL level over the past several years. And I think, I think it's probably our results and, yeah, I think our results and, and the culture that we've been able to create down there have really shown that in the end that it's it's been important. And, you know, I think there's some AFL programs who probably could have been a bit envious of, of the culture we've been able to generate down there. Mate, and it's a credit to you, to be quite honest. I mean, the the way, like you said, you've prepared the um, the Langers and the Rids and... <laughs> you personally. You, yeah, yeah you, you personally. You've trained them around <laughs> overall. You've, yeah, you've, yeah. taught Rids how to... Yeah, the ball right. drop and everything. No, um, no it, is, it is a credit to you. And, I, and you... <laughs> You, like you said, you've clearly got a a singular vision of what you want to achieve at the club, and it's it it took Paul Brasher to come out and say that we now at an AFL level have that same sort of singular um, singular vision for the club. Um, so potentially they should have spoken to you earlier, but um, <laughs> it's a it's a credit to you, man. And I, and I wanted to say from a from a fan's point of view, I wanted to say thank you because I think you've you've very professionally just articulated what we're going to be doing for next year. And it, it sounds like it's business as usual. We're going to um, prepare kids for um, to step into AFL level and you're going to do it with all of the um, attributes and the, um, the professionalism you've just mentioned. But I think the thing everybody, one of the listeners uh, might need to understand is that you're now going to be doing it with a reduced budget and with more complexity and um, all, all this addition, additional um, stress and complexity in the, in the life from a VFL point of view. So um, mate, we, from the on behalf of the podcast, we want to say thank you very much um, for for all your efforts so far and um, for this upcoming season and into the future because it's going to be a hell of a uh, a hell of a difficult thing to to pull off properly. But uh, we're real confident that you'll be able to do it. No, I appreciate that. It's uh, it's nice that I mean I know you guys really notice the VFL and pay attention to it, and I, you know it's nice to not everyone does. So you know it's nice to talk to people who are who are genuinely interested in that. I think, um, you know, I think the, th- the thing about the VFL and the, the thing about AFL footy now is that if you're a kid playing AFL footy, you've got talent. You know, there's yeah. no one now who, who makes it into the system without extreme talent for, for the game. And, yeah. you know, often the how those guys are, um, react mentally and how they're nurtured and how they're brought through to make all the difference. And, you know, Ridge is a really good example of a, of a kid who probably used to um, drop confidence a bit and, uh, you know, he, he'd go into his shell a little bit and, and you know, he, he's he been really backed in, I think, in the last sort of 12, 18 months. And, 
the, the benefits have been obvious for everyone to see. Um, so, you know, I think that that element of it, that sort of club building element of, of a VFL program where you're bringing everyone together and, and really backing kids in and saying, you know, part of it, part of what we do is just say, back yourself in. Look, in Reed's case, I'd find him at a, at a huddle and just say, mate, just trust your leg. Just take the kick on. You know, you're the best kicking aside. Just uh, take it on. He, he, could, uh, he could probably still even do a bit more, couldn't he? He's, he's still got another level as far as kicking. This is personally me, but the, uh, the, he could really take the game on maybe even a bit more and set up a bit more. Um, 100%. No, he can. There's still times when he can get a bit sort of look sideways, look backwards a little bit too much, I reckon. Uh, you know, for a kid with, with his leg, with his capabilities and um, you know, that's, that's natural. That's, that's a young bloke finding his way in footy still. I mean, watching him play this year, you forget that he's 22. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, uh, you know, I think that'll be a natural progression for him. will be, um, you know, probably a little bit less of that sort of 20 metres sideways and a little bit more of the 40 metres on the 45. Mate, do you, know, do you know who needs to have a chat or needs to spend some time together? Aaron Francis and Rids. Francis has no uh-huh. no problems with trying to spot or thread <laughs> a needle straight down the middle of the ground or something, but sometimes his talent for doing that lets him down a little smidge. But if he, I tell you, I tell you what, I reckon he, of all the players on our list to watch next year, Aaron Francis is the player to watch on our list next year. Ooh, He's okay. uh, from all reports, training the house down, super strong, super fit, and in a great space mentally. Oh, Lord, I hope so. He's in in training with. Uh, Langers and a few of those boys has been for quite a while already, I think. So, Mate, tell, uh, tell Rids to have a look at Aaron's um, intent when he goes <laughs> to kick it out of the back line because he's got the talent in the, <laughs> the boot to do it. The kamikaze 50-metre yeah. uh, cross foot, you know. But, mate, legged. if it comes uh, off, and that's the thing, if it comes off, if he starts yeah. nailing those kicks, mate, if they come off, look out. If I they... remember having this discussion with you two on the fence at Windy Hill one day, actually, about uh, about Aaron backing himself with his leg in the in the VFL. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, been something for most of his career. But uh, look, you'd rather uh, you'd rather a kid take it on and have a crack at it, wouldn't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. You, you can uh, you can fix mistakes, but you can't fix that if lack no, of intent. It's why I've always defended Langford quite a lot because I, I find Langford, you know, with Goddard. He, he, if, if you have the big obvious clanger, right, you're the one who gets spoken to after the game, but no one criticises the player that kicks 15 metres left or right and, and stops our ball movement because the, st- yeah. the stat's 100%, but it's actually completely useless to us moving the ball. So In I, fact, I, often a big negative. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually a negative. Yeah. So a guy like Langford, he's another guy that takes the game on and he'll hit yeah. four out of five. But we'll talk about the one that he missed because it's it'll be yeah it will be quite a big turnover. Um, but the actual mindset, if you had that through, through every player, you would have a you would have a ball movement. You know that's much more applicable to a Richmond on that kind of thing where it's a it's a much more aggressive intent, and you get and you I think you get more reward from it. That's just my oh, look. It, it almost feels you're exactly right, and it almost feels counterintuitive at times to say that a bloke taking on an extremely dangerous kick on the 45 is actually doing the team thing because yeah. it, it is. You know, often the, the again, it sounds counterintuitive, but often the safe 20-metre sideways kick is actually a really selfish kick because what, what you're doing is ensuring that you don't turn the footy over, you know, that you don't, give a, that you don't have a bad stat, a bad turnover, 
that it doesn't reflect poorly on you. When in fact, and Richmond are the perfect example of this. In fact, often the team thing to do is to really force that footy forward, take on that dangerous kick, kick it into dangerous space. And you know what? Sometimes you'll turn that footy over and you might cop something over the fence, but um, it, it takes a level of courage to, to be willing to say, if I get a bad turnover here and it reflects poorly on me, then so be it. Um, but the team right now needs me to take this kick on. And you, you watch Richmond play and they take it on, mate. They, they Whether they're forcing it forward or whether they're, they're um, taking the dangerous kick on the 45 through the middle, they do it. Yeah. Um, and, and they back themselves to be good enough defensively to snap as soon as that turnover happens and, and get back on their opponents and, and work hard and, and bottle up that footy. But, you know, they, they don't hesitate. It, it's a very team-first attitude as much as it's, you know, people think it's it's someone um, trying to do too much or trying, but often, you know, and, and Langers is probably the, the best example in on our list no, of no. a guy who is willing to take that footy on, take that kick on, um, you know, and and has the skill to do it. And you're right, occasionally he'll turn one over and get a bait from the supporters, but uh, that, that that actually makes it sort of courageous in some ways because some blokes aren't willing to do it for that exact same reason. Yeah, exactly, uh, and that's uh, you know, and that's why you come fourth in a Crichton because the coach notices it as well. Absolutely, and that's what look, oh, that's right. yeah, people like right. us on the, on the podcast who who study this sort of stuff will will defend him and say and try and educate people to say don't concentrate on the one because yeah. nobody's perfect, mate. Like, and it's AFL football we're talking about, and he was going to get crunched the second he touched the ball. But just con- concentrate on the three that worked really well, right? And yeah. if they people can change their attitude along those lines that yeah he's he's trying to take the game on Aaron might fluff the odd one every now and then but he spots something the thing that's really hard to teach is the fact that he spotted somebody just outside 50 and instead of doing the the kick to the pocket or something like that he spotted something that he looked and went oh man if I can hit that guy he's open and then with that sort of stuff is harder to teach than um teaching Aaron Francis how to kick a, a better drop punt no doubt. The only proviso I would put on that is that Aaron used to have a habit at VFL level of sort of doing that from the defensive goal square to about 30 yes. metres out. <laughs> so, that, is a, that is a so, fair comment. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a time and a place for sure uh, with, yeah. with this stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, when it all comes down to it, you don't, you can't have robots playing the game. You've got to be able no, to, no. to back your instincts in to, you know, and that's, again, that's something that we've done it. VFL level is, is encourage guys to play on instinct. Take the game on. We want to see what you can do. You know, there's no good coming down to, like, you need to work defensively and do all that stuff, of course, but there's no good coming down to VFL level and playing like a robot. We want to see what yeah, you got. You know, absolutely. so... And, and, let, and, let it all hang out and show us what you can do. Exactly, Aaron's game is actually a lot of based on instinct, uh, and that's that's who he is, and and and. and you know, I, I I'm excited to hear that he, he's training yeah, that turning the lights out. So uh, he's he's really critical to us because you're right. The Ambrose Hooker Hurley, uh, that they, they are whether people like it or not, they are injury plagued. They're over they're all over 29, and you yep. need you need these second secondary group coming through and and hopefully Cody Brand can join the group uh, through the draft and and they can start building yeah. a bit bit more of a core. Uh, so yeah, no doubt, and and Cody's um, you know a good talent, and uh, you know hopefully that'll work out. I, you, you strongly suspect he'll end up on our list, but excellent. Hopefully he can develop. Um, Karma McBride is 
is the other sort of um, key defender we've got on the list who is a, just a massive kid from Ireland. But, um, you know, he obviously he's just learning the game. So, yeah, we do need, uh, whilst Aaron's probably undersized to be a, a true um, permanent sort of key defender, we he, he needs to be capable of playing on big bodies and, um, so, so that means getting stronger and um, Josh Gibson and, like and, and yeah. fitter for that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good examples around uh, who do it. Dan Sicily is a great example of a bloke who's about my height, um, you know, who plays on on um, key forwards all the time. So, and, and Aaron um, is a guy who, as you say, he plays on instinct. He reads the footy really well, um, so he, he can back himself and, and actually get off opponents and. Um, make him look a bit silly at times in the way, you know, on the govern does and these sort of guys. But, um, yeah, he, he needs to, if, if at 192 or 193 maybe he is, Aaron, um, if he's going to play on 200-centimetre um, monsters, he needs to be big and strong and powerful and fit. Um, and I think that's probably uh, something that, you know, he, he played a bit more key this year and uh, he probably found that out a bit at times, was found a bit wanting in the strength stage. So I suspect that's sort of driven his motivation to get into the gym and, and work pretty hard. I mean, not that he hasn't previously, obviously, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm expecting big things out of him next year. Well, mate, I can't thank you enough. Um, uh, very much appreciated. Uh, we've got to wrap things up. I did promise I'd try and get the show out by about nine o'clock, so it's twenty to nine. So I've got I've got a, a, a super editing uh, sort of process ahead of me right now. But uh, that well, should that should be lucky. Fun. Lucky we were the one take wonders, so you don't need to do of much course, editing. Mate. I know, I know. I, you're always reliable for that one. Absolutely. Um, I said that to Scotty before we started. I said, "Are we, we going to need to?" Nah, nah. One take cousins, no, mate. No, one we'll take cousins. Fine. Yeah, no, no. I speak rubbish most of the time anyway, so if you started editing, you'd be there all day. <laughs> no, it's, it's really good to get an insight, mate. We, we, appreciate, um, we appreciate your time. I know we, we know the fans do. The, the fans were going ape um, droppings uh, today at the, at the thought of having um, you on the show and this young kid called Air. I, I don't know who he is, but... Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I suspect the interest was maybe a bit more up the latter than no, the former. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> I mean, do that, mate. It was all, just, just bring me boogie cousins. It was it, bring just, me boogie just, cousins, mate. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, that's, that's all there is. I'm sure he's got a left boot. He's 198 centimetres. He's 85 kilos and he could be a gun. But don't, don't worry about it, Paul. We're all here for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> My my left leg's about eighty five kilos. So exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> Thanks well, again, mate. mate. Uh, and look, just quickly, thanks to all our patrons who have been joining us and supporting us recently. Uh, yeah. We, we had a great draft show the other day with Ed Pasco, just for patrons on Zoom. They could ask any question. That was really awesome. Uh, so uh, thanks again for your support. Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. Little as two bucks a month. Little as two bucks a month, and you get Scotty and I banging on. Yes, it's it's brilliant. Uh, so you can catch us all on the socials. Uh, you all know where to go: iTunes, SoundCloud. You can go to our Spotify. F- we've got we've hit over a thousand people on our Facebook uh, podcast page now. Our Twitter account we've got seventeen hundred. So it's all going a bit crazy for us. So yep. thank you so much for your support. This is the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast signing off, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys.
Bye, Bombers. <laughs> and you should heard Paul Cousins hang yes. up on us. <laughs> that was, the music. That was okay. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye.